Hello, everybody. Those of you watching online, those of you that are in the building, good morning. Good to see you. Thanks for taking time to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And um, we just heard about all the cool songs that people put together when Jesus was born. And so we're going to take a uh, trip back in history on the night of November 17th, 2015. Just uh, six years ago, a fire broke out in a home in Queens, New York. Firefighters arrived about four minutes after the 911 call came in. And as they pulled up, the parents came running out of the house screaming, Our baby is in the attic! Lieutenant Adam Vajalis, when he heard that from the parents, he ran into the house, found the stairway going up to the attic, and it was filling up with black smoke, and uh, he couldn't see it all. And the veteran of 18 years said he could hear the three-week-old baby whimpering, trying to breathe, but he couldn't see the baby because the smoke was so thick. And so he's trying to make his way through that attic area. And the noise from the fire made it hard to hear where that baby's sound was coming from. And finally, after stumbling around for a while, he brushed up against the infant's crib. Lieutenant Vigilis grabbed the baby, carried him down the stairs through the burning property, before handing him over to the paramedics that were out front. The baby was immediately placed on oxygen and rushed to the hospital, and thanks to the heroic efforts of Lieutenant Vigilis, that baby lived. That baby survived. Great baby story, man. And Lieutenant Vigilis was told he was a hero. Man, he was on all the local news, and the newspaper reporters came out. What a hero he was. And this morning, we're gathering to talk about another hero. And uh, that hero, of course, was born on Christmas Day. He was born to save. He was born to rescue you and I from our sins. But have you ever wondered why Jesus came as a baby? It doesn't really make sense when we think about it. Uh, of course, we're not the first ones to come up with that question. We can go back all the way to the first century when the Jews were kind of wondering the same thing. What's the deal with a baby? And in their minds, they had awaited a Messiah that would be more like your typical everyday hero. And of course, in modern day, we would say he's more like Superman, you know? That's the hero they're looking for, a Superman coming to rescue them from Roman occupation. Well, Jesus was not going to be coming in on riding on a horse with military garb. Um, the people that were living in Judea during this time, they had yearned for that kind of a Messiah to rescue them. They were a conquered nation. They were an occupied nation. They wanted freedom from the Roman Empire. And in their minds, this baby would offer no help at all. Well, there's some truth in that, because why, again, would Jesus come as a baby? 
Coming as a baby doesn't make much sense because it's like sending a baby into a burning house that's on fire to rescue a fully grown man. It just doesn't make sense. But Jesus didn't come to save a nation from any occupation. Jesus came to rescue people like you and me. To rescue us from our sin. He was on a rescue mission. And that required a birth of a baby, not just any baby, but unlike any other, a newborn child that had to be fully God and fully man. Now, that's kind of tough to understand in our minds that how can you be all of God and all of human, all at the same time? But that's what God did. He came to save sinners like you and me. And he would have to be fully human and fully God at the same time. And the only solution to the sin problem on that Christmas day was for God to send his son into the world to be like every other human. And he came as a baby. That's how you and I came, by the way. Have you noticed? Yeah, we all came in the same way. And so an angel was talking to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. God in human flesh. Pretty cool. Jesus is a baby. He's cooing (laughs) in that manger. He's probably crying occasionally as well. Uh, He formed all of creation, though. He did. The heavens, the stars. And when you think of the stars, there's a hundred billion of them in the Milky Way alone. The planets, the constellations, and even the earth. We're told in Colossians 1, verse 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, that's Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Now, we should be happy about that. That's why we don't have planets and stars running into each other. It's God that's holding all that together. Now, consider what this means, that Jesus created all of creation. When you think about it, the hollow ball, the size of our sun, for example, if we take our sun, when you go out after the the gathering this morning, look at the sun. If you were to hollow that size out, it would hold 1.3 million planets the size of planet Earth, all at the same time. Pretty cool. With room for 4.3 million more globes the size of our moon. I think we could say, wow, (laughs) that's pretty big, man. That's huge. The nearest star, Alpha Centauri, is five times larger than our sun. And then Betelgeuse, pretty cool name, Betelgeuse, one of the stars visible in the constellation Orion, 
is 248 times larger than that. So that could take your breath away when you start to think about the expanse, the, the, how huge our world and universe is, and it's all created by Jesus, Jesus who came as a baby. And you want to know something? He's not stopped creating after he did all of this. He was very involved in creating your life because we see in Psalm 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. And when you look at the image of a baby, to think that God not only created this vast universe, but he created your life and he continues to create life even today. Jesus, this baby, did a lot of creating and he continues to do so. Jesus came to earth as a baby because, why? Because he loved you, because he loved me. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul wrote, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why we have Christmas. Because God loved you and me so much. He wanted to send his only son, Jesus, to come as a baby into this world so that he could go to the cross and pay for your sin and my sin so that we can have forgiveness of those sins and have a relationship with God Almighty. That's pretty cool. And so when we think about this remarkable baby boy, Jesus, born in a stable, he had no prestige, no privilege, no social status, no social media. That's hard to believe. And he turned B.C. into A.D., and he inspired the most read book ever, the Bible. It's all because of him. And Christmas celebrates the fact that Jesus is God with skin on. Think about that. Christmas, we celebrate the fact that it's Jesus with God with skin. All God, all human. He moved into our world to experience this life. The good, the suffering. And some of you this morning are suffering. You're going through some tough times. You're going through some battles in your life. And the thing is, Jesus didn't have to come to this planet to become a man to know what you and I are going through. No, because he knows everything anyway. But because he did, we know that, first of all, God is not distant. And that God is apathetic and he's not interested in your life. He came because he cares about you. And Jesus descended into this broken world. This world is broken because of sin. 
All the bad things on this planet happening, it's because of sin, the byproduct, the ripple effect. And we know that Jesus knows exactly what we're going through, no matter what kind of suffering, whatever kind of pain it is, because in Hebrews 4.15 it says, This high priest, which is Jesus, of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testing we did, yet he did not sin. He didn't sin. So he knows. He can identify with what you're going through. And on the cross, he took our sin. He paid that debt that nobody else could pay for us. We couldn't pay it. Nobody else could but Jesus alone. In Matthew 121, and she, Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Aren't you glad for that? I'm telling you, man, that's what Christmas is all about. That was declared all the way back when Mary was told that she would conceive and have Jesus as her son, and he will save the people from their sins. And we see now that we have a choice. We have a decision to make. And that's another cool thing about God. I think if we took a vote this morning and we say, we know if I was God, I would make people obey me no matter if they wanted to or not. Well, that's not love. And God knew that. And so God gave you and I as human beings when he created us the freedom to choose. We can choose to put our faith, our belief in Jesus Christ, or we can choose to reject him. He gives us that kind of freedom. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, or we could say the reward for sin is death. That's eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. And that's why we celebrate Christmas once again, giving gifts. It's a reminder that God gave us this free gift by sending us on Jesus to come for which we're grateful. He offers forgiveness of our sin, a fresh start, a loving relationship with him and with his Father. We have freedom so that we can march through life knowing we are never, ever alone. Celebrating today the greatest news that we've ever known is found in Matthew 1.23. She, Mary, will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Think about that. God is with us. When you look at all the religions in the world, people have to go on a search and destroy mission to try and find their leader. Where with Christianity alone, God sent Jesus to come find you and me. Isn't that cool? Yeah, he came to find us. We don't have to go looking for him. He is with us. He's always searching after us. He wants to have that relationship. In Brazil, there's a missionary that discovered a tribe of Indians in a very remote part of the jungle, and they lived near a large river. And the tribe that he met, they were friendly, but they needed medical attention. There was a contagious disease ravaging their population, and people were dying daily. A medical clinic was located in another part of the jungle, and the missionary determined the only hope for that tribe to get to that clinic for treatment was to get those people there as soon as possible. But in order to reach that clinic, the Indians would have to cross 
that river that was near their village. It was something they were unwilling to do. They believed that river to be inhabited by evil spirits. So to cross the river meant certain death. That's what they thought. And so the missionaries set about this difficult task of overcoming this superstition within this tribe. And so he explained how he had crossed that river earlier, and he arrived alive, unharmed. But no luck with the tribe. He took the people down to the bank of the river, and he placed his hand in the water. Still, they wouldn't believe him. He walked out into the river and splashed water on his face, and the people watched closely, but still they were hesitant. It was tough to believe. And so finally, he turned and he dove into the water, and he swam until he reached the other side, having proven that the power of the river was a farce. The missionary punched his fist in the air. He had entered the water and lived to tell it. And when the Indians saw that happen, they broke into a shout of cheers, man. And eventually they followed him across that river to the clinic where their lives were saved. You know, Jesus himself saw people enslaved in sin, in fear, We have a contagious disease as well, like those Indians did in Brazil, and it's called sin. Sin will keep us away from a holy God. And Christmas is a reminder once again that Jesus came as a baby to grow up as a man, as God, and go to the cross and pay for our sin debt. And so it was necessary for Jesus to go into that river of death and you know what? His enemies, the religious community, thought, we've got him whipped now. He's dead in the river. But three days later, he walked out of that river alive so that he can walk into your life this morning. Isn't that cool? Yeah, man. He's the only one that could rescue you and me. And he's come today offering you the opportunity to take your, his hand in yours. Place your faith and trust in him to be saved. And so he walked out of that grave on his own power. He's alive to walk into our lives today. And so it really matters to God what you do with his son. You see, Jesus didn't stay a baby, did he? No, he grew up to be a man. He went to the cross. He died on that cross for your sin and my sin to pay that sin debt in full. And three days later, he came out of that grave. Forty days later, he ascended to heaven. And you want to know something, he's coming back again. Just like the Bible foretold the fact that he would come as a baby, the Bible tells us he's coming back again for people that have put their faith and trust in him. So we don't want to miss that opportunity, man. Christmas can be busy, it can be hectic, and really what's most important of all is where we can put our faith and trust in him. We need to take full advantage of that opportunity. And in John 1.12, it says, But to all who believed him, that's Jesus, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Who gives you the right? It's Jesus gives you the right when you put your faith in God. That's why Jesus came as a baby. And in the back of your program, there's a, a quote from Corey Ten Boom. Kind of summarizes the Christmas story. Who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world 
The perfect gift is that he gave his only son. The only requirement is to believe in him. The reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life. It's kind of a paraphrase, actually, of John 3.16, isn't it? It sure is. God so loved the world, he gave his one son. Whoever believes, they'll have eternal life, everlasting life with him. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you, man, if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, he's here. He's offering you the free gift of salvation. What's that mean? That means one sin is enough to keep you out of heaven. You may think, you know, I'm a good person. When I start looking at all the bad people in the world, I'm good. And so when I stand before God one day, he's going to say, you're good, man. Come on into heaven. No, that's not what the requirement is. Whoever who believes in him, that's putting, and you're putting belief to, to the test right now by sitting on those chairs. When you sat down, you believed that chair would hold you up. That's what belief means. You're putting all your weight on the fact that you believe Jesus is who he said he was, the Savior of the world. And so it's simply saying, Jesus, I believe. I believe. I'm putting all my weight in trusting that you are who you said you were, the Savior of the world. You went to the cross. You paid for my sin in full. And so I thank you for that free gift today, Lord. And I'm going to receive that gift this morning. Thank you for forgiving me my sin. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that you want to have a relationship with me. And Lord, I will live for you the rest of my life through the power of your spirit. And if you put your faith in Christ this morning, there's a simple connect card sitting by you. There's a couple, I'd like more info about Jesus. I'd like help learning about the Bible. You can fill this out and turn it in at Guest Central in the foyer. And we'd love to give more information to you on how you can become a follower of Jesus Christ this Christmas season. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning. For the message we heard from the children the songs that were sung about Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you left heaven to come to this broken world so that each one of us could put our faith in you, a decision that has to be made. If we don't make the decision, we're making a decision to reject you. And so this morning, Lord, help each one of us to be honest about where we are in our journey with you. I thank you, Lord, for those individuals that say, Lord, I believe today for the first time. Thank you for coming into their lives. Thank you for making a difference from today until the end of their lives. And we give you thanks, Lord, for this Christmas season once again as a reminder of this gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.